according to the global news, the source of AFP, about 4.5 billion people, half of the population worldwide, is estimated to be living under some sort of social distancing measures. Every single one of us are embarking in a changing process. And some of the changes that we are experiencing will be short-lived for now. I am looking forward to the day that I can go to uh, the groceries and pick up my own groceries and pick my own produce, not wear a mask, not have to deal with the latest revisions of going through the aisles in a one-way traffic mode. I look forward to going to the bookstore and maybe grabbing a cup of coffee. So even in the ordinary customs that we have, we are facing changes. Some of the changes will make a lasting impression. Some of the changes may be good for us. I'm developing allergies in the recent years, and I'm anticipating sneezing and needing to clear my throat, and that sometimes leads me to have to do a quick cough. And it's fascinating to me to imagine doing that in public in the near future and noticing eyes rolling, the fear of people, and all of a sudden an innocent sneeze becomes a public threat. And I know it's silly, but it's in our minds. I admit it. I hear someone sneeze or cough one too many times, and I think coronavirus. So we're facing things that we never thought possible, but we believe those are short-lived. But there are changes that are globally experienced and I believe are going to be in the new norm for us. I think of the way that I read certain scriptures, for example, um, are changing me. The way that I've started to read Psalm 91 ever since this pandemic uh, unfolded. I think that in the future when I read Psalm 91, I will have a quick memory of today, of how that has become a verse that has new meaning. It means so much, and today it has a new, deeper, or different layer. Maybe you are living that as well. It has changed the way I appreciate the access that we have to hospitals. And I, I believe I've had an appreciation already, but because of what we're going through, imagining what it's like to witness our loved ones when they need to go into the hospital and be admitted, and we can't be there physically nearby. When we are able to do that again, I can assure you that we're going to look back at the time today when we couldn't do that. So you see, that's deepening our understanding of what we do have, and it's changing for the better our perspective. Think about the traveling and how when people are having crisis and health is declining or there's actual loss of life and they're far, we simply get on a plane and we go. And that is not easy or even possible right now. Think of the, the children, the youth, the young adults, the milestones, the high school graduations, the college graduations that will not take place. And we're doing the best we can and we're becoming so creative and we'll find a third way. 
but we are well aware that there are certain things in life that we can't go back to. We can't, there's no button to uh, a reverse button or a reset button in many of these significant life experiences. So how we cope with the impediment, how we cope with what we can't get back, how we are making the next best adjustment to be there, how we believe that we will overcome is already a change in the making, and it is changing us. So today, I want to lift up the concept and the truth and the presence of hope. And I want to think about the definition of hope, hope being that powerful presence of trust. Think of hope as the presence of strength, trusting that something will happen, something will pan out somehow, something will come to fruition at some point. But it's powerful, it's, it's strengthening, and there's a sense of trust involved. So with that understanding of hope, I want to bring one point to our conversation or to my disclosure here, hoping for you to have a conversation. In Jesus, hope gets personal. The idea, the reality of trusting truly, desperately, urgently, passionately, and more profoundly in Jesus is drawing us to a much more personal relationship with Jesus. So in Jesus, hope gets personal. We say things like we hope for the best. Hope keeps us trying. Hope keeps us holding on. Hope keeps us pressing on, persevering through this. When I say in Jesus, hope gets personal. Who is Jesus in all of this? A savior, a personal savior through whom we have obtained access to grace. If he's a savior, that means we're needing some saving. So I want to bring to your attention Romans chapter 5, the first five verses, verse 1 through 5, and it reads like this. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. I hope you're seeing the hope implied in this clause. And it continues. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Do you see the personal connection there? Through the Holy Spirit that has been given for us. When you read this text, we have been given access through sal- to salvation through grace. We are people needing salvation. And everyone who believes can be saved. 
And that leads me to the next point. This invitation is for everyone. John 3.16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Do you see there how God cares for all of us? And everything that is going on and God's creation and God's creatures are hurting right now. And we have been hurting and God is in the midst. So then we can answer the question, what does a personal savior mean for us and for the world? Hope is personal Meaning it's for each person to believe that there's access and if it's available to all, and yes it is according to John 3.16 among many other verses, that tells me, number two, that hope is transmittable. We are well aware of all how viral things are right now, a, a particular pandemic, a particular thing going on, a virus. Hope is transmittable through the course of humanity. Hope has been proven to outshine justice and darkness. An example, history, U.S. history. The struggle for the eight-hour work day lasted most of a century. It moved forward on May 1st, 1886, when hundreds of thousands of workers struck nationwide for the eight-hour day. In 1911, after the tragic Triangle Fire in New York City that killed 146 persons who were in this factory working and couldn't get out on time, because of that tragedy, some steps were taken forward after this particular movement started by a person to fight for the justice of regulations protecting the lives of people at work. During the Great Depression in the 1930s, many industries were yet to adopt the 40-hour work week. Finally, um, out of employee, uh, the, the, the hardships of the Great Depression, employers scheduled back five days a week so that fewer working hours could be distributed among more people. And by 1938, the 40-hour week was set into law with the Fair Labor Standards Act. It took the Great Depression for a particular change to stick. Before this pandemic, our society has been, I would say, explicitly divided. There have been days when it feels like there's pride in being so divided with camps of winners and losers. There are days when it felt that not only were we excited to be in the winning team, if that was our perspective, but there was something invigorating, and this is sad to say, but invigorating of noticing that the other was losing. 
and there was no way apparently of turning to each other. And then this happens, and now we have to turn to each other to help one another. Many hardships that were going on in our culture were being um, an issue of, of, a, of a divisive, combative argument. And realities of safety were being speculated as an agenda of another camp. There was no desire or way to trust and look out for one another. So I don't hope to go back to that. And I hope you don't hope to go back to that. I hope with a strong sense of trust that God is in the midst and that we are being changed by God through this, that we will do whatever it takes to not go back to such divisive ways of finding our way forward. Hope matters. And it matters for us today, in this modern day, more than ever. And our personal hope affects the world around us. Today, we're facing the loss of life, the loss of health, the loss of jobs, the loss of stability, the loss of day-to-day -day operations. And it started far, and we were watching the news, and we were concerned for the other side of the world, but then it got a little too close. And then it came right here, and then it became, and it got to Broward County and Miami-Dade, and then following too closely to New York and to the numbers rising in California. And Florida was spiking in this problem. And then it hit really close to home, right here to Coral Springs and to our day-to-day. -day. And then it really hit home to many of our households, unable to be with our loved ones. And then it got real. Just in the U.S., according to the figures of Johns Hopkins University, more than 766,000 confirmed infections. People are sick, people are scared, and people are isolated. Researchers are stating that the global economy may be facing the worst recession since the Great Depression in the 1930s. So let's make personal the need to be people of hope. We can trust God. We can trust Christ with our salvation. And we can trust that we are to invite and be connectors to other people to be drawn to the Lord for salvation. The whole world belongs to God. The earth, the galaxies, the oceans and the seas, the creatures in creation. Everything matters to the creator, to God. Love is part of God's nature. So all of this matters to the Lord. Therefore, it should matter to us. If our hope is in Christ, then our hearts are being connected to the source of hope. And if our hope is in Christ, then we are to hope for the world just as passionately as God hopes for the salvation of the entire world. 
So my question is, how are we seeking to draw our nature much closer and deeper to God's nature of love and hope? We are all in this together. Ask God, how, how God, am I supposed to change my behavior? How am I supposed to change my attitude towards this, towards my neighbor? Hope is a way to, for us to be sanctified. And what does sanctify mean to you? Sanctification means to be set apart. Sanctification, uh, sanctification means to be blessed, to be renewed. Something happening inwardly is so powerful. It's setting apart the dirt and it's being purified so much that it becomes an outward experience as well. It transforms us from the inside out. Do you see how hope is transmittable? Or another way of putting it, hope stimulates good works. Our church, along many churches, are coming up with ways to do emergency relief efforts. Because we believe that there are the vulnerable who are needing urgently the need. So we step forward and we do it. We value recycling. We value the basic essentials like water. We partner with Water is Basic. We have had a food pantry. We have asked you to join a challenge of helping to sponsor hot meals for people in need. That's our way of transmitting hope. We believe in the power of the economy, economy empowerment. What do I mean by that? We believe that we are, have the ability, we are created to manage, to be good stewards of what we're given, that we can work, that we can give, that we can save, that we can find ways generously to advance our legacy for the next generation. That is also a way of understanding the meaning of economy empowerment. We believe in education empowerment. The very notion that we believe that we should read scripture, why? Because it enlightens us with truth. It's convicting, it's replenishing, meaning we're learning something and then we learn even more. There's something enlightening happening mentally, intellectually, and also spiritually. Education, learning more only discloses how much more we need to learn. There's freedom in education. We live it out all the time in church um, formation. We have preschools right here in our church. We have discipleship. As early as we can, we believe in nurturing the minds of the little ones and a whole lifelong. Do you see how that is education empowerment? So we do all these things because we know that we were created to not just for personal gain and advancement, but to advance the history of the world for God's glory. Pope Francis says, we human beings are not only the beneficiaries, 
but also the stewards of other creatures. All of us as Christians are called to watch over and protect the fragile world in which we live and all its people. This worldwide lockdown has exhibited visible change and pollution and how areas are being cleared. At least for now, but hopefully if we take advantage of this change, we'll be inspired for the future. But at least for now, our oceans are taking a break. With the less cruises and, and all the traffic going on, the creatures in the oceans and the sea and the waters itself are not receiving the dumping of trash and garbage that was killing that has been killing all the living creatures in our seas and, and oceans. Look at the beaches right now, a lot more cleaner. But yes, at the expense of, of loss, and because there was a forced restriction upon us, these are extraordinary moments needing extraordinary people, extraordinary characters, suffering produces endurance and character and hope. So let's step up. How do I define extraordinary people? How can we step up? Let's step up in the way we're compassionate. Let's be more compassionate. Let's engage more empathetically just a little longer and just a little deeper. Let's be merciful a little longer and a little deeper. Let's be kind. Let's be patient with one another a little longer and a little deeper. Listen to each other. Listen to the other perspectives. We're all trying to find the best way forward. And ask Jesus Christ for hope. And lean into the everlasting truth. The tomb is empty. We just celebrated the resurrection it's not in vain. Suffering is not in vain. The death of Jesus is not in vain. There is hope in Jesus Christ. In other words, there is a trust there that we can rely on. Ask in the name of Jesus for your spirits to be refilled or filled for the very first time with the hope that will see you through all of this so that hope abides in you, and so that the transformation continues in you so that you can transmit it to others. Find hope in the truth and make hope a personal thing so it produces a global movement. If creation relies in God's will and God's order and God's sovereignty, I hope that you and I can say together, then so will I.